Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. In hour number two of Big Bets here on Visa and Dave Ross and Malshaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel. You see the line behind us here as Veterans Day continues here in the desert. The Gone family here at South Point giving out free lunch to every veteran and a plus one, which is very, very cool of the, the Gone family. I know that that's going on across the country today. So, again, uh, salute and shout out to all the five men and women serving the country and that, that have done so here on this Veterans Day, we're going to have Nick Whalen join us here in just a little bit to talk some NFL. We're going to have Jordan Sherwood join us at the bottom half of this hour as well to talk all things UFC 281. What a stacked card it is as the people you see here at South Point Casino still waiting in line to get that brunch. Very, very cool, again, to see this across the country. And again, I just you see people with a hat on today with a service on it. Just go up say, hey, thank you for your service. I know they'll appreciate it as well. I would agree with you. I think anytime you have an opportunity to salute our servicemen and women, you know, please do so. And just on my own personal behalf, I love working with you, Dave. You're a tremendous human being. But most of all, I want to thank you for your service. I know you got into the Marine Corps at a very early age, yeah. served in the Gulf War, uh, or excuse me, the Persian Gulf War, mm-hmm. and really appreciate your service along with all your uh, men, you know, the men and women that served with you in the Marine Corps. You guys are great. I was 12 years old when I joined that. You see in that picture. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. If I didn't know you served, I would have thought the photo was uh, photoshopped. <laughs> so many people are like, the hat's bigger than you. I said, it's a cover. It's not a hat. We don't, we don't call <laughs> it those. It looks like hats. you're about not... to tip over. <laughs> right. Marines are not hats. Those are covers. But it is a big cover uh, that I had. Speaking of covers, <laughs> we're going to get to more NFL action here. And I do want to. Well, I believe we do have Nick uh, Whalen ready for us now. Of course, it's always great to have Nick on uh, from Rotowire Senior Analyst there. You can follow him on Twitter, at Nick Whalen. The I is in for the L. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining us today. What, what game really stands out to you? We're talking about this Josh Allen-Buffalo Bills game a, a lot throughout the week, not just today. And Kelly just updated that he is now, in fact, questionable for the game, and he was limited uh-huh. in practice. This number has plummeted. It's now down to three and a half, open as high as nine and a half. Any chance he plays? I mean, are, are we really overreading this, or, or, or is the line moving enough for you to say he's not going to go? I, you know, if you had asked me this 12 hours ago, 24 hours ago, I would have said it really doesn't seem like Josh Allen is going to play. You know, if you, you just kind of follow the movement of the line, it was down like six points uh, from where it opened a week ago. And all of a sudden now, you know, this video comes out of practice. He's on the practice field. He's not wearing a brace. Looked like he had some some kind of minor tape on the elbow, but that was about it. And as soon as Josh Allen noticed that he was being videotaped by a reporter, 
he dashes off the practice field, almost as if, you know, there's some gamesmanship afoot here, and they don't want uh, anybody, including the Minnesota Vikings, to know what his true status is. But I know, you know, just before I hopped on here, they, they had a quote from Sean McDermott. He said, Josh Allen is not day-to-day. He is hour-to-hour ahead of this game <laughs> on Sunday. So this might be the first ever hour-to-hour listing we've had in NFL history. But a long-winded way of saying I feel a lot better right now about Josh Allen playing than I did when I woke up this morning. It, to me, it, it's starting to seem like a real possibility, and maybe we see that line uh, start to move back you know, in favor mm-hmm. of the Bills. Well, Nick, you answered my next question. So, But anyway, I would say this. How can we trust anything Bill Burr says? It's <laughs> a great call. <laughs> but again, uh, very good point. And again, but like Case Keenum's practiced all week. Yeah. Right. So he's yeah. ready to go if Josh Allen can't go. But again, that's the official word now, hour to hour, as Nick pointed out. So again, this was kind of our pro tip that we gave out uh, in, at the end of hour number one. Just because the line's plummeted does not necessarily mean that line movement will be a true indicator of who plays and who doesn't. Uh, we've been talking about this one too, Nick, as far as who's playing and who's who's not playing. They're, the Raiders, if you thought the Colts were chaotic with Jeff Saturday taking over uh, the helm there, it feels like nobody wants to play for the Raiders this week. This number has dropped a lot, too. It's now down to four and a half out here against the the, the, the boys from Indianapolis. What do you make of the of team turmoil? And that could go to either team. Yeah, right. It's kind of amazing that the Raiders come into this game like a distant second in terms of turmoil uh, <laughs> to, to only the Colts. Like, that's the only team they could be playing this week where that would be the case. I mean – not only did the Raiders put Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on IR this week, they also released uh, one of their 2019 first rounders in Jonathan Abrams. So they've now released a 2019 first, both 2020 first and their 2021 first wow. round pick. I mean, this is a team that is just hemorrhaging talent. They're in a really terrible spot. Feels like a team that needs to reset, but this is a team that was all in for this year. You know, that they're not really an up and coming franchise. You know, if you move on from Derek Carr, what do you do with Devontae Adams? Uh, they're, they're in a really difficult spot and, I think the pressure is suddenly on the Raiders to win this game. And I know I was just reading like 85% of the money is on the Raiders. Everybody wants to pile on the, the comedy that is the Jeff Saturday situation. And let me be clear. It is extremely hilarious, you know, for him to openly say, why am I being hired uh, to be this coach? But he's got nothing to lose, you know, and he basically said as much in his presser yesterday. He's like, look, if this doesn't go well, who cares? I'm out of here in eight games. There are no expectations here for the Raiders. You cannot be the team that loses to the coach who's questioning why he would ever be a coach. <laughs> I love the way uh, – Nick, I love the way you phrase that. It's a great point. I have to tell you, though, I don't think this is as big of a deal from a game-by-game basis for this Colts team. Mm. I like the fact that Jonathan Taylor's back in the mix, and I look at the fact that the Raiders didn't score in the second half against Jacksonville. I have greater concerns for how engaged this team is going to be. And before you came on, we were talking about Blake Martinez. Wow. Obviously, he got some oh, better yeah. offer over the weekend than being at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I'm with you. I, I Like I said, I would love for this to go, like, you know, as, as comedic as possible. And, like, the, the Colts come out and they run they run that trick play that they ran against the Patriots back in the day. Um, and it's just a complete disaster. But you got to remember, like, it's not like Jeff Saturday is just doing this on his own. Like, he has an entire staff around him. Like, you look at the sideline in an NFL game, there's, like, 50 guys in Colts polos uh, on the sideline. Like, he's going to have help. He's going to have infrastructure. Again, sadly for us as fans, I, I don't think it's going to be – as bad as everyone's expecting. And I mean, the Raiders, even with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller in the lineup have struggled this season. I mean, it's down to Derek Carr, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, uh, as far as guys you trust on this team on either side of the ball. And their defense has been disastrous this season. I think we talked, we've talked a lot about the blown leads, but this defense cannot get off the field. I mean, the Raiders, the offense has been okay. The problem is they are dead last in the NFL in total number of drives because their defense is constantly on the field for six, seven, eight minutes at a time. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, they took a lot of mediocrity from Tony Dungy, so how bad can Jeff Saturday be? It's just going to be – I mean, I'm going to watch that game just as, like I'm out of sheer anticipation of not knowing what the hell to expect. I mean, it's, Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, who's I mean, not going to watch This could it? be the game of the season. I, I mean, if, if the Colts lose, like do we see – is Pierre Garçon the head coach in Week 11? Who, who knows? <laughs> I, I feel like Nick has some insight on it. Like he talked to Pierre this week like, hey, yeah. I heard he's not busy next weekend. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Nick, Pierre and I are very close. Yeah. <laughs> let's get to the NBA slate here uh, a little bit, Nick, and get your thoughts on that because uh, I, I took the Nuggets team uh, win total under 52. I felt like a genius when they were, you know, getting off to that slow start. I don't feel like a genius anymore. Now they're going to go to Boston here and they're catching four and a half points. What do you make of the Nuggets on the road tonight in uh, in Boston? 
I mean, Boston's a really, really difficult team. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say I, I love Denver's chances, you know, to, to cover or win that game. But no Malcolm Brogdon, four hit to that bench. I mean, they basically, the Celtics basically stole Malcolm Brogdon for free. And I, I know he has injury issues, but whenever he's healthy, I mean, that is just such a massive addition for that team. But, I mean, you're right about Denver. I, I was a little concerned coming out of the gate. I did not love how Jamal Murray looked right. in his first few games, but he seems to be progressing. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is shooting the lights out from three. I mean, he's hanging around 50% on high volume, and we're finally starting to see a more aggressive Nikola Jokic. I think I think Jokic was going out of his way to try to help those guys reintegrate into this offense, and you know, you don't want to blame somebody for for overpassing or sharing the ball too much, but I think it was hurting the Denver Nuggets. Like they they don't want Nikola Jokic to be scoring eight fewer points per game than he was last season. And, you know, having more help around him means that his numbers will likely decrease. But I, I like what I've seen out of him. I mean, he put up 24 points in like 20 minutes the other night. Uh, they go as Nikola Jokic goes. So the more aggressive he is, uh, the more I like that team long term. And the way the Western Conference is kind of opening up, I, I think you got to start looking into Denver as a, a potential uh, title team this year. Nick, I don't know if you've got a feel on the total tonight, but I, I, I might hit the over in this one. You're talking about two teams, Denver and Boston, both top four in net rating as far as offense goes and bottom 10 defensive to come out the, come out this year uh, so far. I think Jokic also with the you no know, Robert Williams down low for them. I think Jokic is going to have a big, big night tonight. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, these are two teams that, you know, Denver is is a top 10 team in pace. Boston slows it down a little bit more, but certainly capable of running. And and offensively, I mean, Boston's the number one offense in the league by a mile right now. I mean, two points per 100 over number two Phoenix. That's a pretty big gap at this point in the season. And Denver's not too far behind. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. It could be a long night for for Al Horford having to chase around Nikola Jokic. (laughs) Yep. By the way, I always love when Nick mentions Nikola Jokic because he will always be my top five players of all time for the hit on Morris he put on him. <laughs> that was unbelievable. <laughs> it was great. He gave a whiplash. It was like he's in a car accident. Uh, well, hey, listen, you try and take a cheap shot on a yeah. guy like that, absolutely he's going to retaliate. I want to ask you about oh, this intriguing man. game Kelly and I were talking about before he came on air tonight. Kings and Lakers, LeBron out with the uh, adductor strain, and then uh, Anthony Davis, potential COVID situation there. I mean, they don't play defense already. Now you're without your two premier pieces potentially here. Uh, how do you see this one? Yeah, I, intriguing. I don't know if that's the word I would use for this game. Uh, <laughs> any game involving the Lakers is, is no longer intriguing for me. Uh, but, man, I'm, I'm looking into refinancing my home here to, to bet on the Kings in this game. I mean, I don't know how this line is holding at Lakers plus four. Um, yeah, obviously, we know LeBron's out. It doesn't look great for Anthony Davis. I don't even know if it matters that AD plays right. in this game. I, I think he's made it pretty clear that he's the type of guy who – We'll get his numbers, but, you know, he's not going to carry you to a victory by himself. Like, he absolutely needs LeBron in the lineup, or this Lakers team has no chance. And, you know, the Kings are the Kings at the end of the day, but they're quietly a top-10 offense so far this season. Defensively, you know, they're struggling as they have for the last 20 years. But De'Aaron Fox, to me, looks like he's maybe taking the next step. DeMontis Sabonis is starting to heat up. Malik Monk, who was on the Lakers last year, uh, looks like he's starting to catch fire off the bench and even if you just look at last season and, and keep in mind this this Lakers team is much worse than the Lakers team from last year eight and 18 straight up without LeBron last year. Dave Nick makes some great points whether street clothes plays or not it doesn't matter street clothes Davis <laughs> uh follow on Twitter again Nick Mayo and substitute that uh L for a one hey Nick we appreciate it as always enjoy the slate uh this weekend we'll catch up with you again soon when right, we Eddie. Thanks, Nick. When we come back, let's talk some college football as well before we get to the UFC 281 card. Come on back. Big bets on these in the Sports Betting Network. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. You need to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber because, again, as a VEASAN Pro subscriber, you get access to everything we do each and every day by going to VEASAN.com. Great articles each and every day. Betting tools before you make your wagers for the day. Picks at a glance from some of our experts and, of course, our hosts. And you can listen live or show replays all day long. So you need to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Back alongside of Marshall, Dave Ross here as we continue this Veterans Day edition of Big Bets. Great having Nick Whalen on talking NBA and NFL. Let's get to college football very quickly and what we see on the weekend slate. LSU coming off that huge win, emotional win, a week ago. Now they got to rev it back up for Pig Stewie. Boy, I got to be honest, Sam Pittman's team has disappointed me this year and what they have become. The number has gone up. It was three earlier in the week. People are backing the boys from Baton Rouge, and it's up to three and a half. Is this line move, in your estimation, the right way to go. In my estimation, it is the correct move. I think this is going to be a, a game that LSU is going to be able to take care of business in because of the ineptitude of the Arkansas pass defense. I think this Arkansas pass defense has been horrific all year long, and I think it'll continue to be the scenario here. Daniels has been tremendous. I think they're going to be able to pull out the road win here and cover the three and a half. By the way, the LSU-Bama game last week was a dead under until it wasn't. This one is 62 on the total. Again, it, my my gut last week was, ooh, I like the under. And, then of course, it felt like you had that in the bag until you didn't. Is this going to be a defensive-minded game, or do you think we're going to see more offense like we saw from LSU last week? Uh, I think LSU is going to be able to put up points on this Arkansas team. Now, the question is, how much does K.J. Jefferson and Sanders do offensively for this Razorback team? The one thing I will say that concerns me a little bit, Dave, mm-hmm. I think this is an underrated rivalry. I think if you're not from that part of the country, you don't realize this is a bit of a rivalry, so something to pay attention to. Not a huge one, but I, I think you'll see a competitive Razorback team here. The Razorbacks, they've been a, a better team to, to play over versus uh, winning straight up. 7-2 and two to the over, and you see that point differential there. So, again, I don't think of them normally as a high-scoring team, but they've been involved in a lot of high-scoring games. The defense has not been, I think, what we thought they would be. You know, it was 62, right? Yeah. I feel like you're automatically going to be in the 50s somewhere here. And if you take the under, I feel like you might be kind of... You're hanging on. Yes. Well, we were hanging on last week. Didn't work out. <laughs> uh, misery, as Amal Shaw likes to say, and I love that moniker for them. Is it going to be more misery for Mizzou as they go to Tennessee now licking their wounds after what happened to them at Georgia last week? I don't know if you remember this game last year between these two teams. I do not, sir. It was one I remember distinctly because I had Tennessee in this game. Mm-hmm. And they put up... 45 points in the first half, including 28 in the first quarter. Whoa. It was 45-10 at the break. And I got to tell you, Dave, I think this game is not going to be necessarily in that realm, but I think the big orange roll here. I, I, outside of Georgia and maybe Ohio State and Michigan, I don't think any team is better set up than Tennessee. 
It is amazing, too, that you look at the best teams ATS this year. There is Josh Heupel's squad. And then Hooker, of course, was the favorite to win the Heisman. That's dropped off a little bit. Seven and two to that number. It's what really surprises me. If you told me before the year started, best teams ATS. Well, let me just throw some out for you. UConn? Oregon State? Tennessee? Kansas, Rock, and, and the fighting Sean Kings from Tulane. I mean, there are some real surprises on this list. Does, does Josh Heupel's squad surprise you they're on the, the first page? A little bit at 7-2, and two, but I'm going to tell you of that list of six teams there, Tulane, Kansas, TCU, UConn, Tennessee, and Oregon State, UConn, and <laughs> by a large wow. margin, is the most impressive one here. Kansas, I give Leopold credit. People expected good things on him as a coach. I don't think they expected this type of turnaround. But UConn, I got to tell you, I did not expect Jim Mora Jr. to be able to do this. I didn't think he could coach his way out of a wet paper bag at UCLA. It's been very much above what anybody expected, certainly the betting market, and it shows in those numbers. Pitt, they beat Cuse last week. We'll ignore that. Now they go to Virginia, offensively challenged all year for Wahoo Wah, Wahoo Wah, University of Virginia. Now they're going to get five, that flat number, at home in Charlottesville. What do you make of the Panthers on the road. And by the way, they don't like when people say Pitt, and that's exactly why I say it. <laughs> they go, like, oh, we're going to be Pittsburgh. No, I can call it whatever I want to call you. So, so Pitt Panthers are going to lay five. So Brent Musburger told me they don't like Vautech. Really? Yes. I say Vautech all the time. It's easier. Yeah, what's wrong? Why, why can't you say Vaut? You have to he say said, Virginia Tech. That's what he said. Virginia's a mouthful, man. Come on. <laughs> we're, like a, we're a fast-paced society. Let's keep it moving, kids. Pitt Panthers, Vautech. Well, good news is we don't have to talk about Virginia Tech the rest of the year because they're not relevant. Uh, Pittsburgh might go that way if they don't beat Virginia in this game. I'll tell you why I like Pitt in this game because I don't think Virginia is going to be able to move the ball with the ease that they did against Carolina. I still think Pittsburgh will be able to move the ball effectively against UVA. Tony Ellett's team is bad. Yeah. I don't like this team. Brennan Armstrong has really regressed this year. I don't think it's completely on him. His team has not uh, helped him out on the offensive uh, from the offensive point of view. The receivers have struggled at times. I can't believe, what would they put up last week? 28 against UNC, and that was a 31-28 loss. They, uh, UVA covered the number, because I look at the total here at 41. And I, and I go, 41 for Pitt and Virginia? Like, that feels low, even though we know that Virginia is offensively challenged. Are you bringing this game up because I said Botech? No, no, not I'm, at all. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing checking. up last week the, the UNC-Virginia game going, whoa, Virginia got some offense. Does that continue? No, it does not. Uh, by the way, i got to point out something because I had this game last week and I lost. Uh, Virginia, I'm sorry, Carolina's returning the punt, Josh Downs. He's about mm. to house it. Mm. And one of the linebackers is like, go this way to the right. I'm like, dude, how about you just block the punter? The punter made a great tackle. tackle Instead of telling him where to go? Yes, exactly. He would have scored if he just blocks the punter. <laughs> by the way, Virginia's been one of the best under teams. Uh, you can understand why with their offensive deficiency, 7-1-1 one, one, uh, to the under so far this year. And, again, that's why you're seeing that low total of 41 in Seville this weekend. Used to make that pilgrimage all the time. Because I went to VCU, we didn't have football, so we drove the hour up to Charlottesville to watch more bad football. By the way, you talk about bad offenses in Charlottesville between the UVA offense and the UVA basketball team. Oh, boy. Who scores more? Depending on time. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know if it's a basketball or football yeah, exactly. score. Uh, Louisville against Clemson. Now, you look at the Ville, they're getting seven. Clemson coming off that butt-kicking by Notre Dame. Touchdown Jesus had the arms up a lot in that one against Clemson. Boy, Dabo and company. You feel like this is a get-right spot, but I wonder, I mean, it, sometimes it's tough to get up after really getting beaten down a week ago. All right, thanks, Wes Reynolds. That's Wes's line, get-right spot. Is that he says? I, I always. I think he gets a commission or he's got the trademark on it or something. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, to me, I don't have any confidence in this Clemson offense. Will Shipley's their best offensive bat mm -hmm. weapon. But here's the problem. Whether it's DJ Uyunglele or Cade Klubnik under center, this team is struggling right now. Klubnik is not ready to play yet. He's a freshman. DJ Uyunglele, and I'm sure Kelly will find this one as we get towards the offseason. I want to know in the transfer portal where this guy's going to wind up because I don't think he's coming back to Clemson Whoa. next year. And by the way, I don't think he's going pro. It's my favorite. You know my favorite thing in college football is? When you hear guys go, I'm going to return to school. Where the hell were you going? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it, it worked out for Bo Nix, right, who I think has resurrected his pro prospects by going out to, to Oregon. I don't know if that's going to be the same for DJU, but your point is, if he's leaving, and you know it and I know it and the American people know it, Dabo's got to know it, so why don't they just make the permanent change at quarterback? Because I don't think Klubnik is as good as initially anticipated. That's what I think the problem is. Otherwise, they would have made the change because mm – -hmm. 
Here's the other thing that's a problem for Clemson. This is why I would lean towards the Ville here. Defensively, this is not a good team. They were able to slow down. Louisville was able to slow down uh, Wake Forest. Uh, it was last week or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, Sam Hartman and company absolutely annihilated them. Outscored them 35-0 in the third quarter. Uh, to me, this offense is good enough to be able to move the ball, put pressure on the Clemson offense. And you see a low total of 52 here, Dave. No play on the total, but I got to take the bill in the seven here. Okay, so that's very interesting. You think they're a live dog on the road in Death Valley. Uh, UCF is going to take on Tulane, and we always talk about that. Of course, VEASAN's own Sean King. Boy, I, it's so cool when you talk to Sean about his alma mater. I mean, they have not seen these type of heady days since he was the quarterback there. And now they're laying a point and a half against UCF. Whew, 54 and a half set total. Any leans either way here? I like UCF here. Tulane's been outstanding. They've had a great season. Pratt's done a tremendous job on her center. But you look at, to me, when you look at the balance with the UCF running game, uh, Plumlee at the quarterback position done a nice job, not only throwing the football, but running it as well. I think his team's going to be tough to beat. I like UCF catching the point and a half here. Disappointed this is an ESPN2 game when you've got two top 25 teams. Should be a little bit better. They should give them a little respect. Now, again, you're going to take UCF on the money line, I'm assuming, at plus $1.05 instead of laying, or taking the point and a half at laying a dollar ten. Did I not tell you that Michigan-Illinois story when we, I got my teeth kicked in? Of course I'm coming back with the money line here, Dave. It's not even a question. There you go. So, what? Hold on one second. I'm yeah. Sorry. But part of the thing is when you take the money line, the advantage is this. Okay, let's say you take UCF plus 105 mm-hmm. instead of the plus a point uh, and a half here. If you take UCF and they jump out to a 17 nothing lead, you have an opportunity now, depending on what the money line is on the other side, to come back 20 25%, whatever it is. Let's say they're plus $4. Yep. You come back with a small bet at 25% of your UCF bet. Yeah, no risk. Guy like me, I turn off the game. Yeah, you can move on, on to the next, next game. game. Absolutely. I've already locked in profit. 100%. I either am winning or I break even. I have no loss there. But I think that's a really smart way to handicap it, though, right? Because if you do look at that and you go, well, what's the advantage of, of doing the money line? You just laid it out right there. You can come back on the other side. If you've got a plus number of UCF, depending on what your bet is, maybe take a smaller portion on Tulane if UCF gets out to that early lead. That's the way. Look, you got to be on it. You got to be on top of those games, certainly in play. You're going to have those opportunities if you're watching closely enough. When we come back, I know Amal cannot wait to break down UFC 281. Two title bouts discussed next with Jordan Sherwood. Come on back. Big bets on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College basketball has started. Now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide. At over 400 pages, it's our biggest betting guide ever with odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis on every single team. Our team of experts, which includes Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds, and others, provides their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, breakdowns of all 60 coaching changes since last year alone. The only way to get the guide is become a VEASAN Pro subscriber, so sign up now for just $99. Get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do all the way through the Super Bowl. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We roll on with the addition of Big Bets here on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to be joined by the man in Chicago, Jordan Sherwood. He is the co-host of the unnamed MMA podcast. And for my money, that's the best name of a podcast <laughs> because you just don't put a name on it, Jordan, and yet people still listen. How's the pod coming along, my friend? It's going well. Look, we enjoy doing it every single week, breaking down UFC fights, occasionally having a, a fighter that's based out of Chicago. And the way we look at it is, why do we got to come up with a name? We're not creative enough to come up with a name. So <laughs> it's just the, the unnamed MMA podcast, and you can find it on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever podcasts are available. Absolutely love it, Jordan. Let's get to this card here because UFC 281, I know you and I are going to talk about it, shameless plug, uh, on First Strike coming up a little bit later on this afternoon here on the network. But I do want to get your thoughts. Look, Izzy Adesanya, it's very rare that you see him at under a $2 price tag. It's actually moved up as the week has gone on. Some Adesanya money has come in. It's now minus 210 against the hands of Stone and Alex Pajera. Now, look, we know that these guys have history. It's not good history for Izzy. What do you make of the, the, the last style bender in this one? Does he exact his revenge against Alex Pajera? Well, obviously, he's going to have an excellent opportunity to, to do that. I mean, he's been at the top of the UFC middleweight division for quite some time. I mean, he's fought a who's who and is now in the consideration for not only maybe the greatest middleweight we've ever seen, but one of the greatest fighters that we've ever seen. And obviously, 
you know, when you talk about his opponent, Alex uh, Pereira, he's only been in the UFC for a year. Um, I, I think the reaction, the line moving in, it, in Adesanya's direction was in reaction to the late uh, notice weigh-in by Pereira. Obviously, he made the championship weight, but people were a little bit concerned about the fact that he's an enormous 185-pound fighter. Yeah. He cuts cut 30 pounds to make the middleweight limit, so maybe that's, that's reaction here. Here's my problem with people that are backing Adesanya as much as they are. Um, to me, for Adesanya to like win this fight or feel comfortable winning this fight, he's going to have to do something he's never done, and that's wrestle. Uh, that's showcase some grappling. Now, granted, he's an elusive striker, a great counter striker. He's got great takedown defense as well, and he's been in five-round wars, and Pahea certainly has not. But to me, if you're asking me, if you're asking me and telling me, like, look, this is going to be a five-round kickboxing match, well, Pajaya's won two of them. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, obviously it was years ago, and it was it's kickboxing, not MMA. Certainly I get that. But, like, the confidence in me for, for Adesanya at this current price, I can't push it yet. If it gets down to a dollar eighty, dollar seventy-five, then I'm all in on Adesanya, his experience, the guys that he's been in there with, and, and his ability to showcase and win those championship rounds. I believe in, but at this current price, how could you not believe Pahey as a live dog, especially now it's at plus 180? Well, it's amazing. We saw the last fight uh, against Strickland, who had his hands down uh, against Alex Pahey, and that didn't work out very well, right? Because it just takes one, and that's what we're talking about here with the underdog here, plus $1.80. I'm looking at the total, and it's just slightly to the over four and a half at minus $1.30. So I guess, you know, Vegas out here, Jordan, they're expecting this one to be that style of fight, a kickboxing, right, that Adesanya does not employ uh, wrestling and stays on the outside with his slick striking. But he's been caught twice by this guy, right? So what could Izzy do differently? Can he really make this a wrestling match against a guy well, who's physically bigger? I mean, theoretically, he could. He could, he could look to make it uh, a, a mixed martial arts fight, right. which uh, I, would, I, would, I would point to. Uh, I, I don't I don't like that for him, as I mentioned, asking him to do something that he hasn't done. I, my, my play immediately on this fight is on the under at four and a half. I do think we get a finish. Either Pahea lands that nuke of a left hand early in the fight, or we see Adesanya's experience and worrying about the championship rounds for Pahea coming to fruition. I think Izzy also has to make a point. People have been di disrespectful over a couple of his last performances, Jared Cannonier, the last time we saw him, mm -hmm. wasn't that impressive. And, and, and look, Izzy, when he came into the UFC in his early on, his finishes of Derek Brunson and stuff come to mind. Like, dude was a finisher. Uh, and I think he needs to prove a point and prove a statement. So I, I, I do like the under, especially at plus money, at four and a half. I, I do believe we get a finish either Pahaya early or maybe Adesanya into those championship rounds. Uh, we've got two championship bouts uh, at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night. It's going to be electric, as the Garden always is. we got the Cookie Monster back in there, uh, Carla Sparza, and I did see your other play that you have on here, and I cannot wait to get your thoughts on it. She is a huge dog as the reigning defending champion against Weili Zhang, who, of course, is a former champion in and of herself at 115 pounds. Sparza now plus 270. She's I can't believe I'm saying that. She's starting to get some respect now because it's come down. It was over $3. Speaking of wrestling, we know that's what she wants to do against Weili Zhang. If Zhang keeps us standing, I think people think she'll knock out the cookie monster. How do you see Esparza as the champion pulling off the upset? Yeah, well, first off, it's complete disrespect for Esparza. The fact that she's getting booed yes. at the weigh-ins. I mean, look, I understand her last time that she fought when she beat Rose Namajunas. The fight sucked. No one liked it. <laughs> Except me, because we were on Esparza's side, and we got lucky <laughs> with the decision win. Um, look, I think Carla Esparza, her, 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 the veteranness, her, her, her grit, and, and the fact that she can rely on her wrestling, she can steal rounds. Now, I do not want her on the feet, because Wiley's got the power advantage, certainly has a striking advantage, and has, obviously, very sound takedown defense. But those odds are absurd. They're, they're absolutely absurd to disrespect a fighter in Carla Esparza that has won six fights in a row, has been in there with Ma Marina Rodriguez, who's a great striker, mm -hmm. and beat her via split decision. Um, you know, look, the times that we've seen Carla Esparza get bullied, yes, have been against people similar to Wiley. Tyler Santos, you know, got, got the best of her. Um, but look, I, I just think that Carla Esparza 
is sneaky enough to, to steal some rounds and get a win as long as she doesn't play with fire and defeat. So currently at the price, it's not my strongest play, but I don't see how you can disrespect the former two-time champion, six-fight win streak, been in her with some of the best fighters we've ever seen, and her wrestling acumen to not play her, or he's a sprinkle, maybe not as a full play, it's a sprinkle, Dave, on, on Carlo Esparza, especially at that price. I'm with you. The, the level of disrespect, and I saw that at the weigh-ins, and it's just like, come on, what do you want her to do? She grinds people out. That's the way she wins her fights. She's going to wrestle. If you want to wrestle, she takes this fight down to the, to the ground. She is a live dog as the champ. The fight of the night that's not a championship bout is the one that's going to precede that, and that is the diamond back in there, Dustin Poirier against Michael Chandler. I, you know, I look at the number here, and I see the diamond at over a $2 betting favorite against Chandler. We know that Chandler can be gotten, right? The diamond is a little bit tougher in this potential three-round brawl. Is it going to go the way we think that these guys stand and trade, or do we think we mix in some wrestling here? No, I, I think these guys are going to stand and trade. Like, look, we've got a new lightweight champion of the world. Uh, we've got the winner of this fight potentially in line to meet the winner of Volkanovski, Islam Makachev. We need someone to make a statement. Plus, both of these guys are finishers. I mean, Michael Chandler certainly, you know, di- lives by the sword, dies by the sword. I'm not really sure who he is, though. He's 2-2 two and two in the UFC, and, he, and the guys that he's beaten, Dan Hooker, Tony Ferguson, how much respect do you really put him in the lightweight division. I think Dustin Poirier's combination of boxing, slick submissions, and just overall grit is going to be enough to last through that first round, round and a half, and then get the finish over Michael Chandler at some point in that late in that first or in that second round. I think Dustin bounces back after his loss to Charles Oliveira. So you think it's going to go over a round and a half, which right now is minus $1.45, but we get a finish because I know some people are going to get enticed by that juice there that if it goes the distance, it's plus $1.75, but that does not feel like a prudent play. Yeah, yeah. look, I, I, I'm not sure if I believe in the over one and a half because, look, Michael Chandler could land an overhand right 30 seconds into the fight, put right. the lights out of Dustin Poirier. So I, I just think playing strictly the under, looking at both of these guys, our finishers, can you know, Poirier could hunt for submissions, Michael Chandler could land something and get uh, on top of him and get the finish. I think more just looking at the history of both guys, needing to make a statement, that we're going to get a finish in this fight. That would be my play. But a small recommendation on Poirier, I think his overall skill set's enough to get the win. All right, very quickly, got about a minute to go. We got uh, the answer. Frankie Yeager's on this card. We've got uh, Ryan Spann against Dominic Reyes is on this card. We've got Carolina Kovacavich on this card. Meatball Molly McCann's on the card. Give me another fight that you think you still found some some value in, either on the main card or the undercard. Well, you just mentioned Carolina Kovacavich on the undercard. I don't, I don't know why she's still in the UFC. She should be retired. She's tried to under, you know, retire a couple of different times. So I like Suarez, money line, underdog. I think she gets a, gets a win there on the undercard. The only reason why I think she's still in there is because when she, the entrance, and then she just puts her hands behind her back and gives you a wink. It always seems to, I don't know if it scares the opponent or not. It hadn't worked out as of late. Hey, Jordan, yeah, it appreciate it. So it has not worked out well. Uh, we'll see you later on today on First Strike. Great job out of Chicago, as always. When we come back, going to put the finishing touches on this edition, this Veterans Day edition of Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. A lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance bet, Friday night college football bet, plus get Sunday football parlay insurance and more. Head to BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app today. It is a whole new ballgame. Uh, very quickly, before we go any further, let's give out our pro tip for our number two here. And I do believe, Kelly Bedwin, what is it? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what is right, right on the top. Go. I'll tell you. Wait, right is it coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I texted it to you. No, I did here not get Pay your bill, Dave. Oh, uh, with spreads under three. Ah, oh, there it is. And you're looking at the dog. Consider, consider betting, betting the, the money, money line. line. <laughs> you want me to finish it out? Okay. Instead of the spread, you can often jump in live then, Dave, and we call it arbitrage. Take a little piece of that plus money on the other side, lock in that profit. Perfect pro tip for hour number two. Because, again, this is in relation to UCF, yeah. right? If you like them, instead of taking the point and a half, take a money line. If they hop out to an early lean, then you might want to hop back in on two lane on the other side, and as Kelly pointed out, lock in that profit. Dave, I know it's Veterans Day. Yeah. But I didn't know you already took the day off. No, no. I, I'm just I, kidding. I, I, I was getting no tweets for a second. I was getting no texts for a second. I was like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, come phone? on, Dave. Amal was very busy helping Sean out with audio during that last segment. He saved the whole show, the whole network. Okay? Well, it was fantastic audio, so I appreciate that. Yeah, good truly. job. Good job. You listen, to it. I want to send out a tweet thanking all our veterans. That's and awesome. And, you know, as a friend of mine texted me, he said, it's great you're sending out tweets while Dave's talking UFC. <laughs> I can't add anything to the conversation. I'm taking away from people that know like you and Jordan do about uh, UFC. I wouldn't want to waste anybody's time on it when you can get valuable information to be able to bet the meatball. I just laughed when I heard the meatball. I didn't meatball. know who the meatball was. Molly McCann, the meatball. Yeah. It's one of the best nicknames yeah, out there. That's right. I laughed at that. She's a live dog, by the way, that meatball. But, again, to your point, we're going to have first strike later on today, the full hour, because it is a great card at Madison Square Garden for UFC 281 with those two title bouts and then the highly anticipated uh, Dustin Poirier Against Michael Chandler Powell. And guess what, Dave? It's not in the afternoon, so I'm not going to forget, and I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's not like one of those time changes. Yeah, it's not where like, I have to figure oh. out what the hell time it is over in Saudi Arabia. Right, exactly. <laughs> in Abu Dhabi, rather. So what, nine, ten hours ahead? Yeah, when it's over there in Abu Dhabi, I'm always confused. I mean, it's just, I, I wake up, did I miss the fights? Are they over? Have they happened? Is it tomorrow? I don't know. Yeah, let's not go down this road Right, again. so again, is it's it Pacific oh, shoot, time. 12, Madison 12, Square Garden. 12 hours ahead. Easy for you, Dave. <laughs> It's 1245 here. It's 1245 there. Let's go military time. Uh, So it's 045 there on Saturday morning. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more college football here before we sign off in this Veterans Day edition. Maryland against Penn State, and this one's going to be in Happy Valley. Ten and a half would make some people very happy if they can cover that number. Total 57 and a half. Maryland disappointing last week. What do you make of them this week? Oh, first of all, if you've ever been to Happy Valley, you know it's not a happy place to get in and out of. Really? Oh, my God. One of the worst places in the world to get in and out of. Never been to Happy Valley. But it looks like the kids with the whiteouts have a good time. I'm not there. saying they don't have a good time. I'm just saying getting in and out of state college is a nightmare on a college football weekend. So it's going to be packed for Maryland coming in there. Uh, not that far, by the way, in proximity. So expecting maybe some Maryland people to show up. But it's going to be all Nittany Lions. What do you make of the game, though? Will this be all 
uh, Nittany Lions on Saturday. Well, you know, it's interesting. I looked at this game, and I think it's tough to call. Maryland 6-3 and three has had a pretty good year. My, uh, Loxley's doing a nice job yeah. here. Tengvaloa under center, very solid. They did lose their last game against Wisconsin, struggled a little bit offensively. I think you'll see a similar defensive effort. I think this Penn State team is very good defensively. Two hiccups this year against Michigan and Ohio State, no shame in that. Um, to me, though, I- I'm going to stay away from this game, Dave. I'm looking forward to watching this game. Uh, this would probably be an in-play opportunity. I, I don't have an edge one way or the other here. 57.5 is the total, but you do think the defenses might be a little bit more in vogue than the offenses? Yeah, you know, with Penn State, it can be so hit or miss. There yeah. are days where you feel like they can put up a 30- to 40-point number against somebody, and then other times you're like, man, I hope these guys get to 20. So there's that total. So, again, to Maul's point, you might want to think about an in-game uh, scenario there instead of before the game actually kicks. Nick Saban this week said, blame me. Put it on me. What's going on? This is supposed to be the revenge tour that hasn't happened. I'm now putting words in Nick Saban's mouth. But essentially took the onus for this team already being a two-loss team. First of all, when you make $11 million, there is no taking onus. We know where the ball stops, okay? Give me a break. It's with you, <laughs> you know, What's his name did that? Uh, who's the coach here for the Raiders? Oh, McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, yeah. I don't like, oh, yeah, blame me. Dude, we still lost, okay? It doesn't change the season. If you're Alabama, you wasted the greatest quarterback in Alabama history his two years there. Well, it would be better if Saban had come out and said, blame the kids. They suck. I'm great. You well, can't do that. Doing second. everything I can, right, Dave. Exactly. These kids, you watch these kids. They can't play football. Who do you think he is, Brian Kelly? <laughs> I mean, come on. So now they're laying 12 against Lane. It's, you know, the, the, the storylines here when you got the old assistant. When Lane was back there uh, with Nick in, in Alabama, kind of resurrected his career a little bit. What do you make Ole Miss? Because I think people were kind of saying this team is a little bit fraudulent, but yet they seem to figure out ways. Could they figure out a way to make this competitive? Um, it comes down to this. Is Alabama motivated? Yeah. Because Alabama, the goal is the college football playoff and win the national championship every year. Now that they're virtually out of it. Um, Are they out of it? Well, I mean, knowing the college football committee, I'm That's, sure they'll have they'll probably have number two next week. But the reality of it is it looks like a long shot. LSU wins the game this weekend against uh, Arkansas. They're going to be eliminated because then they can't get to the SEC title game. Okay. Well, is that something you're going to be watching tomorrow? Because that is, I mean, we talk bet, everything we're talking betting. If LSU wins that game yeah. three hours earlier, all of a sudden it takes a lot of motivation out of, out, out of the Alabama Great players. point. That's exactly. And I'll tell you one thing, though. If LSU loses in Northwest Arkansas, I'm going to tell you right now, I think you will see a motivated Crimson Tide team because LSU closes out in College Station on the final weekend of the season, and Jimbo could beat those guys. Um, I'm not saying they will, but they have a shot potentially, even though they've had some hiccups in the season. Alabama brings their A game. They destroy Ole Miss. I don't like this Ole Miss team. I think they've had a very good year, but I think they're a bit of a fraudulent, as you like to say, and I love your use of the word Fugazi, at 8-1 and one this year. They just have not played a challenging schedule. You look at this team right now. They get through AM 31-28. They get dusted by LSU by 25. Yep. I mean, they had, they survive against Auburn. They were fortunate. Will Levis fumbles against Kentucky driving late within field goal range. So I don't think this team is that good. I, I was expecting more, quite frankly, to Jackson Dart and, you know, transfer. So from, was Lane Kiffin. Yeah, right? So they become a run-first football yeah. team because I don't think they, they trust Dart here uh, to get it done through the air. So if you're Bama and you're Nick Saban, you know what to do. we got to load up the box, stop the run, and if Jackson Dart beats you, you tip your cap. I would agree with you. I just think that they've not been able to get it done from an offensive standpoint in terms of through the air. Running the ball, they've been tremendous so far this year. Judkins, Evans, he, uh Dart, these guys have been very effective. All right, so they're getting 12 at the Grove this weekend. K-State, they've been um, – boy, I look at that team and I go, I just think they've overachieved. I mean, sometimes they're down to a third-string quarterback, and quarterback play has been dicey because of injury. Now they're getting two and a half against Dave Aranda. I, I think the biggest surprise for me with the Baylor Bears this year is their defense just hasn't been what I expected it to be uh, consistently throughout the year. Relatively low total of 52 and a half. What do you make of the side or the total? I'm going to lean with Baylor here. Not a strong play, and this is one I would proceed with caution on. I don't have a qualm if somebody says they like uh, Kansas State here, any qualms there. But to me, Dave, you look at Baylor, K-State, Oklahoma State, Texas. I feel like maybe Kansas, Texas Tech. I feel like you have five, six interchangeable teams, depending on who's home, who's away, is how they're going to play. All right, so K-State on the road. Again, I know you got kind of middled that one time on the two and a half, but if you were to play K-State, would you advise people to take the money line at plus dollar twenty? I would. Look, I'm a big proponent of the money line. You know, it just long term, it's going to give you a benefit. Yep. Think about this: you hit the plus one twenty. If you do that five times, 
or five and a half times in essence, that's one game less where you have to win on a minus 110. There it is. So, again, if you like the K-State style, but, but I'm all leans small play towards Baylor. TCU, Horn Frog against Texas. Hook them. The number's gone up. It's seven and a half. What are we doing, America? They're just they're going against the Frogs, and they're going to bat Texas to lay out TCU? I, look, Texas is very good. They played well, but BK State by seven on the road. Fine. Give them credit for that win there. They get uh, beat by Oklahoma State. They have a tough, tough game against Iowa State. Uh, they dominated Oklahoma and West Virginia. I, I don't get it. I really don't get where this number is at seven and a half. This is a tremendous offense with Max Dugan and company. I love the way TCU's played. You have to give a team credit for their 9-0 start. And um, to me, I, I'm a little bit surprised by this one. I tell you, that, was, that is one of your best bets, TCU plus seven. Now it's gone up to seven and a half. It's so even better uh, edge of the number there. And also Oregon, you have minus 13. Uh, what is it about the Ducks and Bo Nix that says – all right, I'm not worried anymore about Bo Nix. He's actually – he looks like a legit D1 college football quarterback. Well, I, I mean, I think he's always been that way, but I think Auburn, their offensive line, they've not done a great job. And now you come into this game against Oregon. I love the Ducks here. A little quack-quack at Austin Stadium on Saturday in a big rivalry game. If you're not from the Northwest, you're not, you may not be familiar with how much of a rivalry game is. These two programs flat out hate each mm-hmm. other. I like the Ducks and Knicks here, though. Very quickly, any shot if Oregon runs the table and wins the Pac-12, they're in the college football playoff. After what we saw week one against Georgia. It's going to be tough because Tennessee lost by 14 in Athens and you got curb stomped. You really, I mean, that that's still, that memory yeah. is there. Uh, a lot of fun. Thanks to Maul Kelly, everybody. I uh, want to give a shout-out to Nick Whalen and, of course, Jordan Sherwood for joining us on this Veterans Day. And thanks to everybody out there continuing to serve our great country. We'll see you next. Jeff Parles is here with Matt Brown next on The Final Countdown. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.